Welcome to episode number 48 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. So today I've got a great conversation recorded with Lauren Lasco, who is the founder and CEO of uh, Mala Lactation, which is a local lactation practice here in Cleveland. I know Lauren um, through a mutual friend and um, have been inspired by her growth and her commitment to uh, lactation work, which, you know, as a midwife is something that I love to see. And, and also as a person, as a human who breastfed two babies, I mean, it's, it's, you know, if you've been in that position, you know that the struggle is real sometimes. And so Lauren is out there trying to help people who want to breastfeed. Uh, get that done and supporting them along the way. So I wanted to share this conversation and there are so many pearls in here. You'll notice that um, so many of the themes are themes that we hear a lot from entrepreneurs, themes of freedom, themes of making choices that serve you um, and, and really kind of taking the time to define what does success look like for me? What does living the good life look like for me? And, uh, and Lauren really is a, a wonderful example of that. So, so I hope you enjoy. This is a fantastic conversation. Um, you'll learn a little bit more about Lauren, uh, who started her career, interestingly, as a reporter. So without further delay, welcome to Lauren Lasco. All right, team. So I'm excited for today. We've got um, another fantastic interview. Um, and I've got Lauren Lasco here, and we're going to talk today about the business that she's built called Mala Lactation. And Lauren, I'm glad that you're here because I think this is a, I have particular interest in lactation and just knowing full well what, you know, having lactation support in my own personal journey of being a mom. And I think in just being a midwife and understanding you know, how many people like this is a service that is so valuable to so many people. Um, uh, so, so many lactating people, so, and families too. So I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming on first start. If you would, um, if you would please give people kind of the background about you and introduce yourself and, and let's start there. Okay, great. Well, yeah, thank you so much for being here. It's so fun to talk to you. Um, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I am a family nurse practitioner and I am a lactation consultant or an IBCLC, which kind of is, you know, we we venture into alphabet soup with lactation consultants <laughs> and that's an international board certified lactation co consultant. Um, and there's several different ways to kind of learn more about lactation and how to support people. Long story short, I spent a lot of hours getting that certificate and am super duper duper passionate about breastfeeding medicine, which when I became a nurse practitioner, I didn't even know it was a niche, um, which is why I love nursing, right? It's like, you never know what you can uncover and learn more about. And I am like, so thankful that it found me. Um, I think like, probably where all great things happen, it's a mixture of personal and professional. And that's also, I think, the beauty of being a nurse practitioner. I had my own child and had a really hard time breastfeeding him and was like completely fooled by that. It was like, wow, I had no idea what I was doing on so many levels, not only as a as a mother, but as a as a nurse practitioner. So long story short is just became super passionate about learning more about it. I wanted to be better as a professional. And, you know, when you align with your values and your interests, it kind of just kept growing from there. It's always been kind of this very organic, natural process, which has been so fun for me, because I certainly have been in places in my 
life where it did not feel so easy to learn and, and grow in your practice. Um, so with that all being said, I started model lactation. It'll be five years now, which is kind of crazy wow. uh, this summer. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's been a very slow process, which I think is probably, I don't know if we'll get into that today, but it's been interesting uh, just kind of learning as I go. I certainly am not a business person. Um, and I've, I've learned as I've, as I've grown and uh, I really felt passionate about providing in-home uh, thoughtful, unique, and kind of a modern way to approach uh, lactation support in a way that's like, I don't take myself that seriously. And while it's a serious subject, like, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about all of our options. Let's empower families to just make the best choice, whatever that is. And I just don't even think we even have the information out there to even make the best choice, you know? So it's really about educating and providing really solid, thoughtful support in the home. And then thanks to COVID virtually, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, which was a pivot. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, we've just been growing and, and we're based out of Cleveland here, but, uh, you know, we have uh, clients all over the country now and it's just been awesome. I mean, what a, what a wonderful, I just feel so lucky to have found this, this part of my career and it, it you know, being an NP is a second career for me. So it's just been a wild ride, but a really fun yeah. one. So thank can you. We, wait, can we talk about that? Cause you just, you dropped the bomb <laughs> before we actually started recording. So, no, please tell, do tell what was your first career? <laughs> oh yeah. You were asking me where I got my undergrad. And um, so yeah, I graduated from OU uh, in the, from the script school, shout out to scripts uh, in the broadcast journalism school. And thanks to my low voice, I uh, was funneled into the world of radio uh, early oh. on. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. I always thought I was going to be in medicine. And uh, I got really, I got, I got, I got, I got blinded by the lights of, <laughs> of news reporting. And I, I became a news reporter and a news anchor for like four or five years. And uh, I worked in Iowa and then I worked in Columbus at an NBC station and, and, it was an interesting experience. It was not for me. Um, and medicine Why? really called. It was, I mean, it was really, it's funny. People are like, there's actually a lot of similarities between being a news reporter and a nurse practitioner um, in the sense that you're with people in, in really vulnerable times of their lives. You're, yeah. you're listening to their stories, you know, like I always say, I mean, I'm smart. I'm not the brightest bulb in the batch, but I can talk to somebody for a while <laughs> and I can get the information that I need, you know, like we all have our strengths and, um, you know, people are like, how, how did you jump from one career to the next? And I'm like, actually, it served me so well, you know, as I, as I went back to school, but I just knew once again, kind of talking about alignment, you just know in your gut when something is just not for you, you know, and despite, you know, being quote unquote good at it and, and you know, doing, doing it somewhat successfully, I just knew it was not something long-term. And I just, I just love, I grew up kind of in a somewhat of a medical family and it was just always something that was really important to me. And I, I love being able to be in, in that part of someone's life, you know? And so uh, I did the accelerated nurse practitioner program through Columbia university, moved to New York city and, you know, did the whole New York city thing for ended up being seven years, which was amazing. And I worked as a nurse practitioner there and, um, and so, yeah, it's it, it certainly, um, I love to make videos. Uh, so <laughs> that's, what's been fun about the entrepreneurial part of Mala is that, you know, you can do whatever you want when you're the boss, which <laughs> I mean, relatively speaking. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like, once again, how can I educate people in a way that is what I think would be interesting and kind of fun and maybe even a little tongue in cheek. And like, let's just start talking about this. Let's, you know, mm -hmm. let's, 
how can we do this in a way that that resonates but also isn't you know boring and you know i think that thankfully once again it all adds up you know a, a few years of broadcasting experience i think has helped me in that way surprisingly i didn't even think it would come back around but it 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 has certainly informed how i run my business even now you know when i'm in terms of the educational components so so yeah that was my cheesy news reporting news anchor hairspray uh, chapter of my life. <laughs> Nothing cheesy about it. And I think you can, you know, I think if you can look at it and say, wow, what did I learn? And what skills did I pull forward into this? And you're right. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, you know, just to be on social media, if that's not necessarily in your wheelhouse or, mm-hmm. you know, a comfortable position. I mean, I talk with uh, CEOs, nurse CEOs all the time who are, you know, getting out in front of a camera feels yeah, terribly, they feel terribly exposed. And, yes. um, you know, whether it's insecurity or inadequacy come up as the, the feelings, but it's just a, a mix of all of it. And I think mm-hmm. to come in and to be like, oh no, I, I know how to get <laughs> to the heart of a story and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and being able to take the foundations of like a journalistic approach to not only how you talk with people, but also, um, how you show it, how you kind of showcase it. I, I mean, I think that it's a natural fit for, you know, Definitely. the work that we do. I mean, there's a component of our work. It's, we call it marketing, but it could yeah. otherwise be known as journalism. There you go. Of reporting <laughs> or, or, or just in general of reporting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things I learned when I was a, a, a journalist, I don't know, a news reporter uh, is, you know, you got to talk to people like they're your friend. And that was one of the best pieces of advice that I got when I was trying to tell a story was, yeah, you know, I can, I can go on and on and on about the technicalities and the details of in and out of whatever subject it was that I was reporting on, but that's not what people are going to listen to. It's, it's, how would you say this to your friend? And, and that's really one thing that I've always carried with me. And when I, when I, when I am trying to educate, that's, that's where I'm coming from, you know, and I think that that's been helpful. Yeah. And it is, it's a vulnerable space to be in. I mean, social media is a whole other, whole other situation. Well, um, and in particular for you too, I mean, we're talking about breasts, which not everybody, you know, I, I have a certain level of comfort with breasts because I, you know, yeah. just feel like that's been my life for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, you do. You, you forget. <laughs> right. We forget that that's yeah. not the everyday the norm. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, the norm for true. everybody Sensitive. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and to look at it and just be like, no, oh, it's just not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. How do we do this in a way that's thoughtful and, and respectful and also like we get that information out there. It's a, it's a, it's a balance and I'm always figuring it out. You know, you're always kind of learning where those, those lines are, um, which makes it fun, but yeah, it's certainly, it's a delicate dance we do sometimes when we're talking about these subjects. Yeah. Tell me, so what made you take the leap into entrepreneurship? Cause you were doing, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Were, were you, you were functioning in a role as an IBCLC prior to starting your own private practice, correct? Or no? Yes. It was all happened kind of around the same time. Um, I had been a family MP for a couple of years uh, in New York city, moved back home to Cleveland. And once again, kind of knew I wanted to bring this into my practice. Um, No. Yeah. When I started uh, Mala, I had, I was a new, I mean, I'm still relatively new IBCLC. It's only been five years, which, you know, in in the world of lactation is like a, you know, still a baby bird. Well, wait Um, a minute. Are you also due for a research on your um, IBCLC? I am so lucky. 
I am so lucky. I, yes, I recertified, but I got in right before they, they got rid of the testing that you have to do every, is it 10 years now? You have to, so I'm like, I got, I was the first class that <laughs> or the test. So yes, I did recertify, but you know, I do it all day long. So that was easy, right? I have so many hours of breastfeeding yeah. and lactation stuff. That's, that's easy for me, thankfully. But, um, so yes, I was a baby bird, uh, lactation consultant. I had a about five years of being an NP under my belt at the time, I think. And, uh, and, and I was so lucky to work with, you know, Cleveland has one of the most, you know, world renowned breastfeeding medicine physicians in, in, in the world, as I said. Yeah. And um, I was able to work for her for several years and learn from her and it truly changed my life. So I've been so thankful uh, to have that experience here. And, and right around the same time, it's, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way, you know, you just have that itch of, I have something to say, I have a way that I want to say it. And I'm going to do it. And you kind of can't stop yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're like, it's time, right? It's going to happen. Well, you can, you can try, but it just inevitably, yeah. I think kind of pops yeah. out sometimes at the most inopportune moment. Yes, when... Sometimes the most inopportune, but it just yeah. keeps knocking at your door. And uh, when I moved back home, I, I knew lactation consultants were a little bit more kind of commonplace I felt like in New York City um culturally and then I moved home and I, I wasn't really sure where we were at in Cleveland I hadn't lived here for a long time and uh felt passionate about once again kind of creating that in-home experience and we do we have some great IBCLC in-home providers here in Cleveland as well um so yeah it was new I looking back I was like wow that was interesting you really went for it and you still had you know you really had a lot to learn <laughs> and I still do you know I'm learning every day but I was I was new and um but thankfully, it's been a pretty intense learning experience for me because I've gotten to work with such amazing people that I've gotten to really kind of get in there and learn quickly and continue to to do that. So how yeah. does, tell me this, how does um, being an entrepreneur um, and a nurse CEO, how does that feed you in a way that, you know, practice, clinical practice does not? Mm. So interesting. I think the multi hyphenate concept to me is like kind of new. I think I don't know about you. I, I I think in medicine, I for a very long time thought I was one thing, and that I can only act one way. And yeah. I'm a rule follower. And I'm a really good nurse. And I'm gonna do X, Y, Z. And I'm gonna get all you know, and I and there's all these sides to me. And, you know, the older I've gotten, I turned 40 this year, I've gotten more ornery. <laughs> and, um, you know, I do have that journalism background. I, I do. Um, I'm really interested in collaborating with people. I'm really interested in food, obviously. I mean, breast milk is your first food. And I think being a, a nurse CEO and an entrepreneur gives you that freedom. And I think that that has been so fulfilling for me and exciting. And um, I, that is what keeps me in the game is knowing not knowing necessarily what's next and feeling like I have the freedom to be whatever I want to be including yeah. a nurse practitioner uh and that I think is what is very exciting and that the sky's the limit you yeah. know when it comes to what we can do yeah which is so it's true like, yeah um um what's tell me what what has been the hardest thing for you about you know being an entrepreneur and uh, in the same token, right? Get a lot of yeah. freedom and yeah. sometimes... and also not knowing what's going to happen. 
<laughs> that's the truth for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, on the other end, right. It's like, we're also generally, I mean, I'm totally generalizing here, but we also like numbers. I like quantifying things. I like to know if I do this, I'm going to get this result. And so it stretches me in that way. And, and yeah, there's some days where I'm like, whoa, this train is this train going off the tracks. <laughs> like what's going on here? Um, and so, but I think that's good for my brain. I think that challenges me as a human. Uh, but yeah, I think it's the, you know, it's the inconsistency. It's, it's not knowing what's coming around the corner. Um, you know, certainly the first couple of years I've always worked alongside of Mala. This is not what I do full time. Um, uh, although it's beginning to be more and more, uh, and so trying to balance that, you know, a little bit of that hustle culture that I'm trying to, you know, not partaken as much but just even the sheer work of being an entrepreneur and making it all happen and trying to you know get yourself out there and spread the word I mean it's a lot of work you know and you have to kind of balance that with your own health and well-being and mm -hmm. so that can be you know a little intense <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah tell me I'm curious about um you know how you've grown and you said it you know you've been in business for five years um, you've worked alongside, um, you know, and I think one of my coaches calls it the slow burn, right? Like, mm. just like it's, you know, there are people who go into business and they just, they get hot. I wouldn't say hot really quick, but there things just kind of yeah. start moving for them really quickly. And then we have a lot more, it's probably 20% of the population. Then we have more like 80% of the population is like the slow burn where, you know, there's yeah. learning, there's just this continued learning. And I'm, I think for me, I, when I look at it, I think, well, the, the, um, common denominator in all of that is that you just keep showing up. Yes. Right. For all yeah. of it, whether it's hustle and crazy <laughs> and it takes off or it's slow burn and it just, it builds slowly and it builds slowly and it builds slowly, but you just keep showing up for that. And I wonder just about your experience with kind of growing over five years and what your thoughts are about that. Cause I think some of us would look at it and be like, wow, it took five years and <laughs> I, right. Or and yeah. some of us would be like, wow, five years is like, that's amazing. Like, holy mm -hmm. holy, what a quick, mm -hmm. like you started your own practice and it's becoming this, you know, a thing that could grow into a full-time endeavor. So what are your mm -hmm. thoughts about it? Yeah. And I think that that's been really, I've had to really stay in the game mentally because of that. And I think there is this pressure that, you know, you put out your shingle and it's, or you hang your shingle or whatever they say. And, um, and that all of a sudden you're supposed to be just this amazing success story. Um, success happens in all different ways and it's totally personal too. And I think I've had to really sit with what, what does success mean for me? Um, my, my level of success is not anybody else's. Um, and I think I would be like, if there was a, a textbook with slow burn, I'd probably be the picture underneath it because it has seriously been the, the slowest, most gradual process. And I am so thankful for that, uh, because I, this is exactly how it's needed to work for me so that I could do it in a way that I felt maintained my integrity, uh, that I did it in a way that I knew I was giving the best care to my, my clients. And that I could also stay passionate about it. You know, I burnout is real, whether or not it's your business or someone else's. And um, I'm very thankful for that. But to be honest, I've also, you know, as I mentioned, I've also worked the whole time. For me, it, for me, I 
I did not have the ability to just wing it with Mala and hope for the best. Um, and so for me, uh, you know, working alongside of it, and I love my other job for the record. So that's also, you know, that's very lucky on my end, right? Um, but for me also, I love it too. And I don't know if I could have probably hung in there some of those years if I didn't just absolutely love it. So I think that when you have that in your corner, that definitely keeps you in the game. Because for me, it honestly doesn't feel like work a lot. Um, but yeah, you you kind of have to, you have to stay strong mentally because there's definitely, if you compare yourself to everybody else and what their growth was or their trajectories, you know, you can really get in your head about it. And I have to say, looking back, this has by far been, I just finished my busiest year by far in this last year. And I know that's exactly how it, it was supposed to be for me so that I could do it the way I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that's the key, right? I think it's mm-hmm. just, you know, use it, taking, looking at it and seeing, showing your brain evidence of all the ways that it did work out well, that it did serve you and that it did, you know, um, rather than, you know, getting stuck in the, you know, compare and despair and <laughs> around and thinking, boy, it should, it should have been, or, you know, or, you know, fighting with some of the expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think too, for the rule followers of the work, cause there's a lot of people probably you said, you know, I'm a rule follower. And, and I think in our field, we get very, um, comfortable with algorithms and decision tree making. And, uh, you know, if it's this, uh, bacteria on a, a urine culture <laughs> treat with this antibiotic, right. And there's yeah. this certainty, there's this like presumed yes. certainty that we think from following guidelines that comes mm-hmm. right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I wonder, you know, what's your advice to another rule follower who's thinking about, doing something different than, you know, traditional position. I think that you can still be that, you know, I think there, you find the places where you can push the edges um, that you feel a little wild and crazy, you know, like you're really, you know, but also for me, it has always been very important that I have a, you know, a very clear workflow in terms of even like, like I'm obsessed with HIPAA, you know, and it's like making sure I have an EMR making sure that I am doing things so that if someone comes for me, <laughs> right, I've followed all my rules, <laughs> you know, right. and that has slowed me down a little bit. You know, I am not willing yeah. to, to, to push that at all. And my friends who know me would be laughing if they heard me because they're like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Cause I will worry about it and I will call people, but I will say that, you know, there's a lot of resources out there too. So I like even on like Facebook groups and stuff, there's I'll see like new lactation consultants just being completely overwhelmed by the business aspect. They're so nervous that they're going to do it wrong that they won't do it. And I will say, I guess I do have a little bit of courage in that way where I will just do it, but I, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to make sure I do at least the things that, especially as a nurse practitioner, you know, when you're in the medical field, you can't mess around with that kind of stuff. So that, that side of things, no, you do. You do need to be a rule follower. But that's where I guess kind of, for me, it feels fun. And like, I'm pushing the edges of maybe that side of person, my personality, when I do get to say what I really mean, and I get to say it the way I want. Um, and that to me feels like I can have both worlds, I get to still do things with integrity and in the way that we need to do them. And, I, and that I feel like I'm doing things ethically, the way that I should be as a nurse practitioner, but also having a little bit of fun along the way. Mm-hmm. So I think you can be, I think you can be both. Um, and I think it's important to to do both. And I think that's once again, where entrepreneurship allows you to have a little bit of 
that along the way. But but the Internet's been very helpful to me. You know, there's so many resources and there's so many people out there like yourself, you know, that can really give you feedback and make sure you're, you are doing things the right way. And then you just get to add in your own little spice. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> well, I wonder, is your, do you, is your clinical practice similar to kind of how you run your business? Like I do, like I'm a rule follower. I'm risk, somewhat risk averse, which I am too. I say it all the time. I'm like, people come it's, I get the question a lot, you know, if I start a business as a coach and I'm also an NP or CNM, you know, what do I have to do? And, um, do I, can I maintain, you know, my licensure or do I need a collaborator? If I don't mm-hmm. have a practice authority in my state, I get that question all the time. And I tell people right off the birth, off the bat, I'm very risk averse. And so I'm biased. My way works for me. I yeah. do not desire to have any interactions with the board of nursing above and beyond Nor do I. what I have to do for my licensure, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and relicensure, yes. that's enough for me. And so yeah. I like to, and I always tell people, I'm like, I dot my eyes, I cross my teeth. Sometimes mm-hmm. I double dot and sometimes I double cross. And that's yes. how that, yes. that feels good to me because yes. I can, again, be an in integrity and feel like I, I feel comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. agree. That's helped me out probably a little bit too right? Sometimes I get in my own way. And I also look at that. I even look back to clinical practice and think like, well, that's kind of how I just did clinical practice too, which was, you know, always to be somewhat, uh, not always risk averse, but, but to be, um, but to be a person who dotted I's and cross T's like that, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it was showing Mm -hmm. up for a report, you know, and Mm -hmm. shift handoff or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was talking about, um, you know, (laughs) I mean, like consenting somebody for a TOLAC. I'd, I would go through the whole goddamn consent. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm, I may have been like one of the few people who actually yeah. went through the consent form with people, but I would, but because did I, I did it. Cause I, and I would go down to the little category and I would just mm-hmm. be very clear. And I'd say, I think it's important that, you know, consent, yeah. consent, you get to yes. choose. Um, I love it. But you and me are yeah. speaking the same language. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, you know, I, I veer a little bit on the, you know, anxious side and, and I, I appreciate that nowadays, but I, someone, a very wise person once told me as I was getting into nursing and nurse, being a nurse practitioner, I was like, wow, this is really stressful. You know, I'm really worried about my patients all the time. I'm obsessing over things. I'm checking everything 5,000 times, which is what, you know, all, you know, new practitioners do. And, and they told me like, that's the kind of provider you want though. You know what I mean? Like that's your, that's the yin and yang of your personality is that you're going to look under every stone, every rock, you're going to check, like you said, you're going to cross all your teeth, dot your eyes. And yeah, you're going to have to put up with being a little bit of a worry work, (laughs) you know, on the other side of things. And that kind of helped release some of that tension, I think that I felt like, oh, yeah, that's actually this, that's one of my superpowers. Um, And I'm okay with that. And yes, how can I also not let it kind of hold me back? Right? Yeah. And I, I think that that, you know, that takes time too. you know, it's, I don't know if I would have been able to do this 10 years ago, but I finessed some of these things. And I, and it's, you find those pockets where you aren't as risk averse in different, you know, areas, and then you can have a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. And I think too, it's, and I don't know if this rings true for you, but for me, I've gotten more confident and comfortable in where I am willing to take more risk and, and some areas where it's just a no, it's just not, uh, no, it's a no. Nope. <laughs> and, and other places where I'm willing to, you know, push it or willing to, 
um, you know, go all in or, and other mm-hmm. places where I'm like, no, not for me, you know, and, yeah. and to have that lens and, and to know at the end of the day, what allows one to, to put her head on the pillow and say, mm-hmm. I'm good. Like mm-hmm. that serves me. This method mm-hmm. serves me. This mm-hmm. lens of looking at it serves me. This mm-hmm. approach serves me. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. A- and sometimes it is a little trial and error, you know, it certainly hasn't been without its bumps. Uh, like, oh, that made me a little too nervous. I didn't, you know, that, that, that choice was a little too much for me. Okay. I'm gonna, now I know, <laughs> but like, ooh, you know, this area of my business feels really good. And I, and I'm able to express myself and I know I'm being thoughtful. I know I'm having, I'm able to have integrity. I know I'm still kind of adhering to the guidelines that we subscribe to as medical providers. And, and, you know, you, you, you can, you can dabble. Uh, and, but also really, like you said, you harness kind of the areas where, you know, it's really a non-negotiable. And I, I think, you know, that in your gut, you know, you, as long I'm definitely, anytime I've pushed it, I've always known, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you just get better and better. I think at listening to that side of yourself yeah. as an entrepreneur. I would agree. Um, tell me what, what does living the good life mean to you? <laughs> I'm still learning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, cause where'd you go for your 40th? Well, last I time went I to saw Mexico you, City. Ah, that's right. Last time I that's saw you. That's living like, the good life. We're like, oh, we're going that. to Mexico. Yeah. Yes. And that has been um, a long time coming. I, you know, I think hustling and, and going to grad school and learning, you know, I have 10 years of being an NP under my belt at this point. It kind of like came up, like it was like a breath of fresh air. I love to travel. It hasn't been as easy. I have small children. Um, and not to be cliche, but I think it's the balance, right? And I think, I think having grown in my entrepreneurship, it has allowed me to find more pockets of where I get to tap into who I really am and enjoy those parts of myself now. Whereas whereas before when it was just constant clinical practice, I had to be somewhere nine to five every day. And oh my gosh, how amazing is it that I can still generate income, I can provide for myself and my family, but do it in a way that I never thought was even possible as a nurse practitioner. And so that's living the good life is finding a way to work and provide for myself and my family that that aligns with who I am, which allows me to travel if I if I want to, which allows me to do virtual things, which I never thought I would really do as a clinician, um, to bring in my my storytelling capabilities and really embrace who we, I am in all my facets, right? Isn't that what like everybody would want? And if you get a taste of it, it's 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 awesome, you know. But it's also still it's definitely a learning process, and um, you have to fight for that. You know, you have to really create boundaries on on what you want and how to do it, and to 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 make sure you're taking time for yourself. And I'm still learning that. I tend to get into like overdrive work mode. Um, but it's helping people doing it in a way that makes me laugh. And like I said, I get to be kind of the goofy self that I am, but also do really good work. And I think you can be both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. What, <laughs> I, what was the first, um, do you remember the first moment where you thought, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go make a practice. Like I'm going to go do it my way. Like, do you remember yeah. when, what happened? Uh, that's a good question. I, I don't remember a very clear moment. I, I, for some reason, always knew as soon as I got back to Cleveland, I was going to do it. Oh, um, okay. And I don't know why. I I do. I don't know why. <laughs> it was just an inner knowing, I guess. Something 
I, I just, I've always definitely been that person that's like, you know, what's a good idea? Someone yeah. should do this someday. And I, it's like, okay, Lord. All right. Yeah. Okay. And that's always been very much a part of how my brain works. And it was just finally in my life, I had a skill set <laughs> that I actually could, you know, use to create a business that I was passionate about and I knew could give back in a way that resonated with me. And I guess I thought I saw here at the time, I think it was kind of an uneducated uh, <laughs> thought, but that there wasn't a lot of in-home lactation businesses, which there were. I just didn't know about them at the time. And so that just kind of made sense to me. And I knew I wanted to make it look at, like aesthetics for me. Or I'm a very visual person. And I really knew I wanted to create a business that I like to look at, if that makes sense. Like yeah. that. Um, and that, uh, that was something that was, it's always been fun for me and, and interesting and important and also obviously have the meat to back it up, you know, and have really good evidence-based care. So, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't one big powerful moment, you know, I'm in the middle of the street and, you know, the clouds parted, but I just knew that that was, <laughs> that was something I wanted to do. And thankfully, you know, it worked out here. Yeah. What, tell me about the next five years for Amala lactation. Ooh. I actually do have big plans. Um, of I think, course you, you know, do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'll get there. We'll see, you know, but once again, you just keep showing up. I think my goal has always been to a big goal. This is a, this is a little lofty, but I do really want everyone in Cleveland. I want every new parent in Cleveland to think, wow, I live in a city where I am going to get really good lactation support that when you live in Cleveland oh yeah Mala just shows up at your house isn't that amazing that's just what happens in my city yeah <laughs> and that insane. is culture yeah like I don't know just what we do here I want it to be so ingrained in our culture that that is the kind of experience you get as a new parent whether honestly whether or not it's Mala or somebody else like I just there's such a deficit in care and I would love for every mom and parent who gives birth to a child and wants to breastfeed or give their milk that they just know someone's going to show up and take really good care of them. Um, instead of scrambling, looking, wondering, shaming themselves, you know, stressed out. So I have a lot of ideas how that would happen, but that's really ultimately what I want. That it's not for the few, it's for everyone. So, you know, Let's see how we get there. Sweet. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I love to hire no, some people. <laughs> I, no, it's great. And I think to have that as, is that part of your kind of big why? Like your big mission? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I don't want anyone to ever feel like how I felt or how a lot of my clients feel. You know, I really, I really want, I created this, uh, one of my, my services is a complete package where you sign on to work with me prenatally and we just get to know each other. And I, you know, I'm going to come to your home or virtually and you get to learn all about your options. And then on top of it, you just know I'm going to be there that week after you deliver. It takes the guesswork out of it, takes the stress of wondering, is it working? Is it not? You just know, you just know that someone's coming, no big deal. And I've had so many of my clients be like, you know what? Last night was really tough, but I knew you were coming today and I held on just to get you here. And that, even that moment for me is such a win. Uh, because it gives that family power, you know, and it makes them feel that they've got someone who has their back and that they're not alone in this because we all know, most of us know that postpartum can feel kind of lonely. 
Yeah. And at least in this fe- this part of postpartum life, I want people to feel like they've got had someone who has their back, you know, and we just, I think everybody deserves that. Yeah. So I, yeah. <laughs> I, and I even, I've had a couple clients who are creating fourth trimester practices and, mm. and I think it's, uh, you know, and what you said about, you know, we, um, I I'm sorry, I don't remember your exact words, but you know, in terms of not giving that level of care, like we really, in my, and this is my opinion, I think we do a huge disservice to all postpartum, you know, uh, women and people, because it's just a lackluster, you know, come on in, in two or six weeks or whenever all your problems are not really problems anymore, because you've had Mm. to figure it out on your own and, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. spend 15 minutes here. It'll take you a a bajillion hours to get ready for it and come and spend (laughs) a whopping eight minutes, eight minutes with me, (laughs) with me. And like that, like eight minutes with, uh, like eight minutes with a midwife is really going to make a difference. And I don't underscore all the work that all postpartum providers do by any means. I think it's important. No. I just yeah. think as a, as a, if we're looking at from like, is that best, best for all mm-hmm. people from a system standpoint, like, mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely not. No. There's so much room for improvement. There's yeah. probably a small segment, like one out of 10 who actually benefit from that. And then nine out of 10 could probably use a significant increase in the number of touch points that occur mm, departure mm-hmm. from uh, the birthing uh sweet site experience and the transition into parenthood i mean yeah. it, it, like it's mind-boggling it is mind-boggling and uh i mean it's exciting because when there's a need you know it's so fun to and and, and fulfilling to be a part of what you hope is a little bit of the solution yeah. it's complicated i mean there's, there's a lot of layers here uh, but this is my little offering <laughs> yeah. and, um, and I think we all deserve that. You know, we've all been there to some degree and I know we can do better and we're all, tr- you know, every medical, all of us are trying, you know, and, and once again, I think creating your own way to do it gives you more freedom. You know, you get to do it your yeah. way, which is, is the way that, you know, for me, it resonates. Um, and so I, that's exciting for me. And, and I think, you know, we shall see there. I mean, Cleveland's a pretty awesome city, you know, for, on mm-hmm. so many levels. And yep. there's a lot of opportunities here for people who want to start their own businesses. And yep, I'm excited to see what's going to unfold. That's yeah. the fun part. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny that you say that it's funny. I, in that, um, I was just over, um, I just interviewed Emily Sadri for the podcast and she mm-hmm. was, um, talking about how, uh, she had gone over to the AC Marriott and um, Pinecrest and she was like taking a you know day off after the holidays too. She wanted to, we were doing her podcast interview and she was like, I just wanted a quiet space and some time to like have where yeah. I could deregulate my nervous system yeah. because it's been <laughs> overwhelmed being around my family. Quiet time. <laughs> exactly. You needed some quiet time. And I was, and I was laughing because I thought I went over to meet another this week, um, another nurse CEO for a cup of coffee. And we were, and I was, uh, after that, uh, left was in Pinecrest and I went into the Marriott and I was like, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a fucking conference here because, and I was looking and I, and for a long time, I've been thinking about, 
nurses living the good life and having something in person. And I've done the cultivate retreat. We did it on Geneva and we've gone and we're traveling to Cancun next week for the mastermind. And we, and I thought about doing like a beach, something beachy down on, um, you know, either some uh, luxurious tropical gorgeous <laughs> you know beautiful on the beach sunsets and then yeah. I, all of a sudden I was just like really like, like I, the at. I was like <laughs> why not Pinecrest like why not just have a lovely couple days yeah. with, at the Marriott? it's a gorgeous little hotel it's very affordable per night and mm-hmm. I thought I'm just gonna tell people to come here because yeah shit why not Sign Why me up. Not Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, right. So let's just do it in July. <laughs> so right, exactly, right. It might be snowing in September. But um so anyway, so no, I completely so agree. True, though. And, and I think um you're it's I agree with you. And I'm I'm starting to even look at that and say, like, Cleveland's a great place. We have tons of entrepreneurs. We have tons of nurses. We have such a large medical. We do. It's so here. awesome. And it's, like, why yeah. not, why not use it to our advantage and, and bring a bunch of us together and invite, you know, all the people who, who can get a relatively inexpensive flight to, to little Cleveland. To I know. And, you know, think about uh, living the good life. So anyways, but That's more awesome. to come, more to come. Definitely. I that. love it. I'll um, be there. All right. Tell <laughs> if people want to find out about uh, Mala lactation, how do they find you? And if they were were, uh, interested in contacting you, how can they go about doing that too? So I have a website, which is malalactation.com. Um, Mala is M-A-L-A. Yeah. Yes. Capital L-A and lactation.com. And then mala underscore lactation on Instagram. Um, and then my email is lauren at malalactation.com. Those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Um, and I just, I'd love to talk. I, I I just love to talk about it. So anytime you have questions or anything like that, even if you're just kind of inquiring about things, we can just chat and see if it's the right fit for you. And, um, but I always say, always reach out. You know, I think there's definitely, I've certainly been there with, with breastfeeding. It's, it's, you know, maybe I'll give it one more week. Maybe I'll give it one more week then, you know, and I just say, let's get in front of it. If it's on your mind, if you feel like something's off with feeding your child, reach out, you know, let's just talk about it. And then we'll see if it's the right fit, you know, and, um, I think that that's really important yeah. to and if for you, yourself. Absolutely. And I think if you are someone who is in or around Northeast Ohio and you're looking for lactation support for your patients and you want Lauren as a referral, like, I think mm-hmm. they should reach out to you directly and have a conversation mm-hmm. on like, how do I get my patients your business card or how do I mm-hmm. kind of expose mm-hmm. them to having some sort of a service that yeah. they may be interested in? Um, yeah. okay. That's Thank great. You. All right. Uh, It was so nice to have you. Thank you for your time. And thank you for sharing just more about your story. I think there is inevitably, um, there will be people who listen to this and who say, wow, you could totally pivot and change and repackage and repurpose. You can go for, you know, if freedom feels important to you or feels like there's some opportunity there, you can create more freedom in your life, just like you've done. I think mm-hmm. there's, um, you know, for all the rule followers who are listening, you know, <laughs> we too, we too can embrace you can do it. We too can do it. We too can be rule followers. We can stand <laughs> in integrity. We can do things. We get to create the business that works for us. And I think you've mm-hmm. done a beautiful job just in not only doing that, but in, in sharing it today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Time. It was fun to um, talk about it. And thanks for everything you're doing too. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. We'll see you soon. Take care. All right. Bye. 
Hey, if you're ready to live the good life, I want to invite you to join Nurses Living the Good Life, my group coaching program for women advanced practice nurses, where you're going to learn how to do good work in the world and do well for yourself using my proven formula, a coach approach. Best part, it's risk-free. You're either going to learn how to create your version of the good life or I'll give you your money back. Just head over to www.nurseslivingthegoodlife.com and we'll see you inside.